Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Listen, if you're still living with bladder accidents, stop. It's time to get your life back. I was just like you until I found real relief with Axonics Therapy. It's not a pill or a pad. It's a clinically proven advanced treatment. Get started at findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonics is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. Welcome to MLB Daily Podcast. I didn't say that right, but I am LJ LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Valley Up Sports Podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how are you? LJ, I'm doing good. Um, have been better, um, but we're doing all right. Friday in Syracuse, going to be a fun night probably. Um, yeah, excited to get into this show. And, um, yeah, let's do it, LJ. Um, right. So, yeah, of course, what we'll be talking about today, let's let's open up with the Yanks game just to, you know, for lack of a better term, get it out of the way. And then once we've gotten through that, we will take you through the breaking news coming out of the manager or the, the managers, the Rangers camp. And we're going to talk about this gold glove finalist group. Um, I guess this will start our awards season conversations because, you know, now we don't have to create our own finalists for the gold glove because we already have them here and we can move on with that in the coming days. But Brandon, give us your thoughts, your rundown on this uh, ALCS game two. All right. ALCS game two. We're going to get a classic Brandon recap here. Game two, we have on the mound uh, Luis Severino taking on Framber Valdez. Not much cooking in this game in terms of runs. Bottom third, Alex Bregman, three-run home run to left field, which my freshman year roommate 
called. He literally said, this guy's going to hit a three-run home run. He does not watch baseball, does not know anything about the Astros or Alex Bregman yet. He is psychic, apparently. And Alex Bregman, it's a three-run home run. Um, top four, the Yankees get two runs back on a Rizzo uh, ground out and then a Glaber Torres single. And that was it. Uh, 13 more strikeouts for the Yankees. That's 30 across the first two games. Uh, the seventh spot in the lineup, which consisted of our backup catcher and one pinch hit appearance from Matt Carpenter, 0 for 4 with four strikeouts. Josh Donaldson, another two strikeouts. Um, yeah, you know, not ideal whatsoever to be down 2 0 heading back to the Bronx. Um, I thought Sebi pitched good, except for that one pitch, which makes his his line look not so good. Yeah, and to be fair, it makes his line look fine. Yeah, for what you're expecting from him, I would be jumping all over him right now because, as frankly, you know, we always talk about how good did a guy look, and that's great for the future, but that really doesn't matter at this point, and doesn't matter for towards really saying the value of a guy. What his line did does is it reflects exactly what happened in the game so if we were looking at this in 2018 i'd be jumping all over him this is frankly a horrendous start from a number one from your number three number four pitcher this is fine i'm happy with this i can easily live with this and this is a situation where you know particularly in the regular season if you're getting this out of your three you feel as a as a lineup, you have to capitalize on that. You have to win that game. And you should feel even more so that way in the postseason. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't, especially when his, you know, like the one runs, the only runs he gives up is on that home run. Um, you're absolutely right. Uh, Framber Valdez ends up seven innings, four hits, both runs unearned. 9Ks, no walks, nothing, you know, just another quality start for him, which is nothing out of the ordinary. Um, you know, obviously the big thing, the judge at bat in the eighth inning flies out to the wall. Um, you know, I saw some stuff. Uh, you can pull it up on StatCast. 106 to 107 miles an hour off the bat, 27 to 29 degrees launch angle. There was 58 of those this year. 54 of them were home runs. Four of them were outs. There was not a single one that was not an out that was not a home run, if that makes sense. Every hit was a home run. Um, yeah, um, you know, quite amazing that that ball just died whether you want to blame it on the wind which the yankees are doing but to be quite frank they were responding to a question they were asked so i think you know hating on the players for coming up with that excuse i mean they were literally asked a question that led them right into that answer maybe they need to be coached a little more on how they answer questions if they don't want this to be a big issue within the media or you know Maybe we just cut them some slack. They just lost a really heartbreaking game. They're going to say some dumb stuff. Anyways, they still lost. I'm just going to cut in here because this, I think, is this is a spot I, I want to jump in from my own experience. I will cut them slack. 
but most people won't. And that's why I've been, the more I look at it, taking a PR course right now, kind of shocked at how poor some of the interview skills, especially for longtime professional athletes, how poor the interview skills are. How do you not have that drilled into these guys all these years later? Furthermore, you know, the big thing we talk about for interviews is talking points. Every single question should come back to your central message or one of your supporting messages. It couldn't possibly be that hard to get these guys, you know, if there's somebody who can put together these in-depth little index cards with in-depth analysis on where every single guy is most likely to hit the ball, then I think you can get them some form of sheet post-game with their talking points so they can at least, you know, internalize those before they step into an interview. That doesn't seem that hard. And I'm not just pointing out the Yankees here. I just did a whole paper on Jason Tatum's opening night post-game presser and how awful it was. That guy's been in the league for six years. Like, this is just generally something in sports that I just can't wrap my head around, how it's been so poor. Well, so I gave the stats on the Judge Homer. Here was the stats on the Bregman Homer. Pulled 91 to 92 miles an hour, 35 to 37 degree launch angle. There were 181 of those of um hit in the in the in 2022. 80% or 144 of them were outs. Um 37 or 20% of them um were not outs. 23 were home runs. That's 13%. Just unlucky, I guess, that that's what you want to ch- chalk it up to. But that's not the biggest issue here. The biggest issue is the offensive approach. And talking about it since 2021, since before then, nothing will ever change until there's an overhaul in the front office, in the hitting department, which there never will be. Um, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, you know, you can't there's, it, there's, 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 you can't leave it entirely to these statistical pieces. In, in their hands sometimes you have to you know you have to have the variety you have to be able to shake things up it's not just the formula it's the presence of the formula that is the issue yeah and you know until there's big changes in the front office there nothing will change um josh donaldson two more strikeouts to boot um for he he you know he did have a hit one of the four hits he did have a walk um regardless and it's also you have to at least give credit where credit's due for amber pitched in same yeah incredibly i mean but i was you know i don't expect anything else especially when yeah. you see how this how this team had been how the yankees had been hitting we haven't out hit our opponent in a single game in the postseason yet um you know maybe just you know i don't know it's it's a tough loss uh gonna chalk it up to whatever um i do have another yankees point but i'm going to save it until we get to the gold glove awards because it's quite uh baffling that our manager can go out and say stuff like this but yes last last question for you brandon you get to make one change to win the series what it is what is it Uh, i don't even know what you can do i mean bring let if you could somehow fake an injury to get DJ LeMahieu on this roster, do that. But this roster is is cooked. Or play every – I'll play the rest of the games in the Bronx. Um, we just cannot win 
in in Houston. It it's 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 impossible. So maybe maybe also might I suggest make them only play with six fielders. Yeah, I mean f- five fielders might be um the best option. R- really zero. Let's just like do uh pitcher and catcher and and that's it. Um regardless, LJ, let's get to the gold glove. Um no, actually, we're going to get to some uh, breaking news today out of the Texas Rangers camp. Oh, we're going to start there. All right. We have an order of events. And we are going to start with this, of course, and that is the fact that Bruce Boshi has been named the manager of the Texas Rangers. He has signed a three-year contract with them. And, I mean, I freaked out when I saw this amazing He's been a special advisor with the Giants for the last couple of years after, of course, retiring from management in 2019. He's also managed Team France in the World Baseball Classic qualifying. But I freaked out. This is an amazing move for the Rangers and one I wasn't entirely expecting. And after I get Brandon's early takes, I'll explain why. Um, Yeah, really surprising to me. So fantastic hire of course um they've had six consecutive losing seasons you figured they were gonna have to do something their ownership and gm have come out and said they're gonna be aggressive in the offseason once again um and to be fair both guys that they did sign on big contracts lj they they did play well this year so that's certainly a step in the right direction of course they got all that young uh pitching talent um you know, and I think Bruce Bochy is the right guy to try to, you know, get this team, you know, on the up and up, especially considering the Angels aren't going anywhere. And, uh, the A's aren't either. The A's aren't either. And there's at least two divisions every year that have three teams make the playoffs um, now. So I think that this is a really, really – good move for the Rangers and you know good for them for reaching out to him clearly he interviewed really well um they actually Come went on. to he visit didn't inter- did he interview no it, they, they interviewed he did, well he didn't interview they went to his house to talk to him um, yeah. rather than a formal interview they interviewed he didn't <laughs> yeah interview. they did yeah that's you got to be very, very clear on that. That's the type. That's the caliber of manager we're dealing. Still, though, you you like do want to talk to him because it has been three, you know, three years away from from the game. Um, it hasn't, but it hasn't been though. He's still been involved with the Giants. Fair, but I mean, like you know what I mean, like yeah. actually in the in you know in control of whatever. Um, You're I more think- selling him on on your program though, than selling yourself on him if you go if you're going out there to approach him i mean he has managed pretty much every type of team in his career he's had rebuilding teams contenders teams that were good or teams that were supposed to be good and were bad teams that were bad and supposed to be good world series winners and lj most interesting to me he actually has a losing record as a manager, um, which surprised me a little bit. Um, but, you know, major successes with the Giants. Um, and 
of course, the 1998 Padres who make the World Series and just have to run into the buzzsaw of the 1998 114-win Yankees. Um, yeah, this is a change in the right direction for the Rangers. Yes, absolutely. And that's why it's so hard to look at. That's why I'd rather look at wins than I would look at record for a manager. Because if you're really that bad, you don't stay around places long. However, if you're that good and you're a good person, you're there for the team. If you really care about the team, you're not dipping when the rebuild starts. You're not going through doing all of that. And I mean, I don't blame guys who do that necessarily, but I respect the guys that stay a lot more. And that's kind of what he did twice. Brought this when he left San Diego, they had had three straight 80 win seasons. This is also still, no matter what, you don't, three-time World Series champions and four-time pennant winners don't just fall out of the sky. Yeah, And right. that's very important to say. My point here, my surprise, is the fact that he is available. And, I mean, we've been talking throughout the year that he is the top option for anyone to have. He is the top, excuse me. How about He's obviously the top option for anyone to go through but i assume he wouldn't be there because he'd it had taken so long for somebody to make this move i mean let's keep in mind the stats the very clear one that i'm seeing here and that's the fact that he has been in california since 1983 he has been on the west coast since he joined the padres in 1983 so logic would dictate you know he's probably going to stay on the West coast. If he comes out of retirement, that would make sense to you, right? Yeah. So therefore the angels would definitely be a fit. You have three really good players. Well, did they just extended Phil Nevin though, right? That's, I'm getting, I'm getting there. I'm getting oh, okay. There. Okay. Settle down. Um, Settle down young one. <laughs> they have three really good players. It's a perfect fit for him to just be able to build that group into a contender, and he could definitely make impact that Joe Madden and Phil Nevin weren't able to do. But then what do they go and do? They go and extend Phil Nevin, as Brandon mentioned. I'm not sure, and now I'm desperate to find out, seeing he was clearly on the market. Did they not want him? Did they not think to look to him? Or did he not want to go to L.A.? Those are the three options, and I'm kind of dying to figure out which one it is because it just seems so obvious that that would be his first choice. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting point. Um, I don't put anything past the Angels at this point. Knowing them, they're probably like, yeah, we don't, we, we you know, we don't need them. Um, 67 years old. Um, one of the guys that uh, I always thought was a really good manager, of course, you don't win three World Series without a good manager. You don't keep things together the way he did um, without a guy like him. And super interested to see what this Rangers team now does in the offseason with, I'm sure he'll, of, of course, the front office makes the final say, but I mean, as a manager, you have some sort of, you know, preference in the guys that that you want in terms of um 
free agency signings and things like that. So interested to see the direction they go. As LJ keeps saying, you know, we're setting up for the best baseball offseason in our lifetime. It's interesting that you're now talking about that. Did you have any targets in mind? Some pitching, potentially, that's not John Gray. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. Back off, Mr. Perez, sir. Okay, some pitching that's not... No, I mean, like, free agent pitching that's not John Gray. Like, okay, okay. Like, you know, an actual... An actual starter, not, you know, whatever. Again, the slights towards Martin Perez. No, I thought nothing I against that. him, nothing against him, but you can't, he, an LJ, unfortunately, he can't pitch all five days in the rotation. I, I wish he could. Here's but, the best part about him, though. He would try if you asked him. No, yeah. I mean, you know, but when, when you're back, when you've had John, John uh, Martin Perez, John Gray, and then past that, you're looking at Dane Dunning, Glenn Otto, Spencer Howard. Um, you know, it's I honestly wonder sometimes if Philly Phillies fans watch Rangers games just to laugh when <clears throat> Spencer Howard's pitching because they just continue to find so much joy online about this guy not doing well, the fact that they were able to get something for him even though they ended up with nothing for him because they let no they they brought back Kyle Gibson but they still let Ian Kennedy walk when they were in need yeah. of relievers desperately so they didn't get that much quality out of it but that just always makes me laugh but Brandon are you ready to go on to these gold glovers I absolutely am we have the nominees for the gold glove awards we're going to run through them because we want to go one to are we going to go one to uh nine or through the mlb article let's do the mlb.com article which is nine to one um the dumbest thing i've ever seen but that's all right lj i'll run through them and if you have any thoughts on any of them just stop me all right i will have thoughts on all of them okay american league right field Jackie Bradley Jr., Max Kepler, Kyle Tucker. All right, you're going to call me a homer here. I'm just stopping it right now. Actually, no, you're not going to call me a homer because this guy's a, a Blue Jay, and you know how much I hate Blue Jays. I think Jackie Bradley Jr., if it weren't for a couple other, a couple outside factors, would have been the clear and away right field gold glover getting another gold glove in getting it at multiple positions, which let's just say getting it at multiple positions is terrific. I apologize for that interruption in the services. I'm clearly having a rough day here, and Brandon doesn't seem all too pleased at this moment. By this no, point. no. I, it's, it's... I've got resting. I'm, I'm seeing rest in, resting Brandon face here. No, no. There, there isn't anything wrong. I mean... LJ has to put up with my with with my BS every day, so I yeah, I I really don't mind. Jackie Bradley though, what Jackie Bradley? What, what about him? getting his second second position for a Gold Glove potentially, and that's just terrific. Let's start there. He does not lead an ounce above average, and he doesn't lead particularly close. I accidentally put up the. Max Kepler is far and away the leader. Max Kepler's the leader. 
at 12 outs above average, which again, keep in mind, it's only one stat. Yeah. Never tell the whole story on one stat. But if you look at the other things, the context surrounding Jackie Bradley's four outs above average, which is sixth, and uh, one, two, three, fourth in the American League, it makes sense. For starters, because of his bat, he was not a regular player for either team when he was in. So really, the production you got out of him in the time that he was there was excellent. And it was actually, from a success rate added standpoint, better than most. And then I looked to some of the outside categories. You know, let's start with outfield jump. From a feet versus average standpoint, he came seventh among all outfielders. And he was the first right fielder out of the group. When you look at catch probability, he was the first outfielder or right fielder out of that group. And then if you look at arm strength, he was top three among all right fielders. So I think he will not win it. It will be Max Kepler is my ultimate say. It's my ultimate pick. But had he been playing every day, I think this is Jackie Bradley's award to lose. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. I can agree with you on that. Um, not much more to say. You make a great point. Center field for American League, we have Cedric Mullins, Miles Straw, and Michael A. Taylor. Um, I I think that uh, Michael A. Taylor is, is going to win this. Um, led all center fielders with 19 defensive runs saved. Uh, um, and, you know... It's interesting because you look at outs above average, Miles Straw hasn't beat. Um, however, you know, Taylor won it last year. And I'm not a big defensive run saved guy, but it means something to lead it. Um, it it's either going to be a Michael A. Taylor or, Mar- or, or Miles Straw, but I'm going to go with Michael A. Taylor. It'd be back to back for him. I'm going to take Miles Straw here. I think. And it's partially because it's such a hard position to win that I bank there. You don't see a ton of guys repeating, especially Mm. in the American League. It's been so deep in center field that it always seems like some new guy and it's the people want the variety when they're looking, when they're voting. And so, especially in a situation where there isn't a big, yeah, there's not a big market in this group i think definitely miles straw can't pull out with it cedric mullins 100 deserve to be up here yeah I, th- I think he plays too deep for his own good this is a guy who's struggled with balls in front of him this year and you know maybe an adjust- adjustment to positioning actually could have gotten him this award 
left field, we have Andrew Benintendi, Stephen Kwan, and Brandon Marsh based on what he did with the Angels. Um, you know, Andrew Benintendi won it last year. Um, Stephen Kwan led all left fielders with the 12 outs above average. And um, Brandon Marsh had eight outs above average and left. Um, I think that this could be Stephen Kwan's award, LJ. It could be Stephen Kwan's award. I just, you know, I think you always have to work, look at market, even if you shouldn't. And I think that's ultimately the thing that's going to hurt him. And it's ultimately why I'm still going with the guy. I think, did I take Brandon Marsh at the midway point? We probably should have figured out that list. Did we keep that list of our picks? Ooh, I don't know. I don't remember where I would have it um, now that we say it. But I definitely, you know, we can pull this up, try to pull it back and find it another point. I just, I liked what he did this year all around. So solid from an actual, you know, from a success rate standpoint, he was better than Stephen Kwan. And further, this is only based on what he did with the Angels, correct? I think it's because he played the majority of the season with the Angels. It's it's all his stats, but that's why he qualifies for the American League. Yes, but let me just look something up real quick. Did he play much much left in Philly is really what I'm looking for. Yeah, not sure. He did not play a game of left. He didn't play a lick of left in Philly. No, it's just so all angels. Th this outs above average is all angels. So if we're looking at regardless of, this is another case just like Jackie Bradley. If we're looking at regardless of opportunities, who is the best defender this year? It was definitely Brandon Marsh. If we're looking for the larger sample size, then it does go to Stephen Kwan. But if we project, it's basically, you know, projecting his eight outs above average out through the rest of July and through the rest of August and September, does he get to 12? I think there's a good shot at that. On to third base, Matt Chapman, Jose Ramirez, and Ramon Urias. Um, I mean, come on, Chapman. We, need, if, we don't need to talk about this. <laughs> if Chapman was to win, it'd be four of the last five years. Um, yeah, you know, I think that Urias, I'm impressed what he did because he didn't play a lot of third base in 2021, but this is Matt Chapman's award. Enough said. Yeah, another one, you know, I'm surprised seeing up here as I look through the leaderboards, Josh Donaldson with an excellent year. Yeah, Aaron Boone did say he was shocked to see Josh Donaldson not um, get a nominee, but the main point um, has to do with shortstop, which we're going to get to in a minute. Yeah, I just think it definitely he deserves it, and there's a decent pull shot for him to win it just being a Yankee at that point. Also, going back to left field, Andrew Penitenti's best chance to win it would have been if he'd actually performed for the Yankees. Like, not that he, and he he turned it around 
But I think having that struggle early and getting that narrative around you kind of fades out your contributions to that team. So the stats look less impressive. Just uh, the Andrew Benintendi sentiment around right now just does not breed well, for, bode well for him. Breed well. But let's get into the shortstops. The shortstops, three premier defenders, clearly the three best uh, defensive shortstops in the American League. Xander Bogarts, Carlos Correa, Jeremy Pena. Um, Aaron Boone said that he believes a case can be made that Isaiah Kiner-Falefa should be a Gold Glove finalist. Um, I'm wondering based on on what exactly um, the the 21st percentile and or excuse me, the 19th percentile and outs above average would surely disagree. The 24th percentile and arm strength would surely disagree. Um, I know the defensive run saved, whatever you want to, have to go through that argument with me, but he is not better than Xander Bogarts, Carlos Correa, Jeremy Pena when it comes to defending. And he literally just got benched in the two most important games of the season for his defense. Like, what is this gaslighting that we keep getting as Yankee fans, LJ? He didn't have to say that. Like, no one asked him specifically about IKF. They asked him about the Gold Glove Awards. And we just keep hearing on and on how IKF is one of the best shortstop defenders. He's a top five defensive shortstop in the league. When, if you watch the games, you know just how bad he is. And I saw a little statistical analysis on Reddit today about how IKF has legitimately one of the worst arms as a shortstop in the league. There's college guys throwing harder than him. There's high school guys at those PBR events that throw harder than him across the diamond. Um, it's it's pretty ridiculous to make that comment. And it's a disrespect <laughs> to a lot of guys. Too. It's a disrespect to these three that you know you can't make an argument really for any other three than Bogarts, Correa, Pena. Um, um, I think I can, but if you still have, you can keep going if you have more. I, I would say I think that um, it's I you no know, I actually don't know who I would who I would uh, give it to out of these three so I'll let you make a case. Um, I guess my case it, it's hard for me not to pick Bogarts and part of that is you know I was I was making cases for guys earlier based on just general skill. However, I do think sample size matters. I think and I think I've shown that through just about everything we've done this year. Am I wrong? I've been pretty rigid on that fact. So with this, it comes down to he's definitely played the most games, right? It's between him and Pena. And if it's close enough, I think, yeah, it's a 15-game difference. So it probably will be Jeremy Pena winning as a rookie. But I'm just glad to see Xander Bogarts getting this respect and appreciation because he definitely turned things around and showed up defensively in a big way. Part of that was the team around him making him better. But he also put in the work and he executed so well that I'm definitely proud as a fan. 
to see him on this list, happy to see him on this list. And also there's a, I do want to make this case because there's a good reason for him or logic for him getting the award. That logic ultimately comes down to two things. Houston bias and market. We we all know it talks. And so I think, you know, being in Boston is a lot more favorable than Houston, where there still is a little bit of bad sentiment from a lot of people within the baseball world. And certainly Minnesota, as far as who's the names that jump out, the guys you, you know, want to see win. It's hard to separate the team from the player sometimes. So that definitely hurts things. And then, of course, you have the whole conversation point of who is better, Correa or Pena. I think the amount of comparison there because of them both being from Houston and them both, you know, having the factors of the team, the same team around them recently, that could split votes. That's really my case for Xander to get it. It's not just from a, he has both the statistics and the performance as well as the outside factors working in his favor, but who was ultimately the best? It probably was Jeremy Pena. Second base. There is not a lot of conversation here. Andres. Oh, Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I forgot to take. Can I, can we jump back? Because Carlos Correa, does he need to be there? I think not. I mean, look, this guy, especially so IKF should be there is what you're saying. No, and I and I don't like the IKF top five shortstop thing because it or doesn't top seven it. or top fifteen or top twenty or it does whatever. a disservice to so many guys. But you look at it, the outs above average isn't there. Actually, from an outs above average standpoint, IKF is better than Carlos Correa. Interesting. Okay, I don't agree with that certainly, but. A big portion of that, too, is he didn't play. He was hurt a lot this year, quite a bit. And so from a sample size standpoint, he's not nearly where Jeremy Pena and Xander Bogarts are. I would have much rather, much, much rather seen that third spot go to Nicky Lopez, who I think deserves it far more, had a fantastic season, and really he deserves to have his name in this every year he can. You know, I, yeah, that's an interesting name. I wonder, though, how many games did he play at shortstop this year? He only played 52 games at shortstop, LJ. Did he really? Yeah, he split out of a pretty games, much even time. 52 out of 142 games at short, 68 at second, and 30 at third. He was he um was just a little too sp- uh, spread out, I think. Okay, that's fair. Well, if anything, he should wind up in another spot then, which he yeah, isn't. Absolutely, which he isn't, and we'll get to that. Second base, this will be quick. Andres Jimenez, Jonathan Scope, Marcus Simeon. It's it's Jonathan Scope. Yeah, there's there's no there's no question. This is the platinum glove winner this year. Yeah, uh, this is the best defender in the in the entire MLB this year. Yeah, I I absolutely like that take. All right, first base. Oh, uh, interesting names here: Luis Arias, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And I don't know, I don't have any stats in front of me, so hopefully LJ can help me with that one. And Anthony Rizzo. 
watching Anthony Rizzo play first all year, this dude is incredible. You just throw it over to him and he's going to scoop it. He's going to jump and catch it. He's he's incredible. Arias, I know, is really good. Um, LJ, what is the, the case for Vladdy to get nominated? Is there one? I think improvement, maybe. I I don't think there is all of that much of a statistical logic to any of this if we're looking at um defensive runs above average we're talking about a minus 15 season um i'm sorry what (laughs) that's insane i mean for, for the position keep in mind we're talking about the worst defensive position in baseball um it this seems like something that i don't i just i can't figure it out yeah i I saw the name i like saw the name and i was like that seems a little strange and i get that small reference he had a negative 0.6 defensive war for the record now keep in mind too when you look at it from a statistical standpoint, I don't think um, Anthony Rizzo is anything special either. It's the eye test with him. It's the eye test, and I think Vladdy has to be a lot of that too. If we're looking at DRS, I just pulled it up. He is fourth in the league. Vladdy. First, he's first in DRS for Vladdy, yes. First in DRS for the American League. That's his case. Wow. Okay. Okay. Outs above average. He's sitting at minus four. Um, ultimate zone rating. He must not be good because that's what they use to calculate defensive runs above average. Seventeenth in the league. One, two, three, four, five, six, seventh. In the American League? At first base. At first base. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I mean there's a case here. It's just these are none none of them are names I expected. It'll probably go to Anthony Rizzo, especially when you know you consider market and sentiment like that around it. Um, and that he's won them in the past, you know. Yeah. All right. At the catcher spot, Sean Murphy, Cal Raleigh, Jose Trevino. Uh, you know, you're looking at two really good framers with Jose Trevino and Cal Raleigh, but Sean Murphy kind of does it all. Um, you know, I, I don't know where to go here. It's really tough with the catcher. There's so much more analytics behind it. I don't even want to begin to guess. All three are amazing at what they do. Um, no, I'm going to go ahead and guess. I, I, I do think very much so at this point you're talking about it's been Sean Murphy and JT Real Muto all year. Yeah. When you look at everything, when you look from any statistic, just all around capability, they've been so good. I side with him and I just basically based mostly on reputation. But then again, if you look at, I, I eliminate Cal Rowley first because again, the strike rate that Jose Trevino has had this year is sick. And that can't be ignored. So 
it comes down to the two of them, and reputation does precede him. I think this is Sean Murphy's award. All right, on to the pitcher. I have no insight here. I'm not even going to begin. I don't. I don't care. Is Jose that Barrios, Shane Bieber, Jameson Tyone. Oh no, 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 no! Actually, I, I stand corrected. Didn't Shane Bieber have like a nice play in the wild card round? He had a pretty nice one. I'm wondering where my man Nestor Cortez is. I mean, throws his body on the line out there. Uh, I I have no idea with with the pitcher. Why is there like why do they give it to um, an American League pitcher? It's a it's a defensive position. I get it, but. Well, yeah, yeah. especially don't now care. that it's a solely defensive position. Yeah, don't care. What I would honestly like to see is, and you're going to call me crazy. I'm I'm ready for this. I'm, pre- I'm preparing. I would rather see this be the guy who, I'm not sure, it wouldn't be fifth that would get you there, but the guy with the basically that keeps the ball defensively like yeah honestly expected fifth might work well keeps for the ball on the ground like keeps the ball in play the most or more so keeps because then it would just be the guy with the best bat finder no i'm saying the guy who has the best i'm, I'm basically looking for a guy who makes it so the defense doesn't have to make plays that makes it easy on his teammates because this so like is like a high ground ball percentage. No, because then they're still having to make plays. That's why I'm looking at like expected FIP or FIP because, you know, with fielding independent pitching, how good are you with the old control? That's still not getting me there. Um, we might need to make a new stat this summer, this weekend, winter, Brendan. Okay. But you do you see it. do you see kind of what I'm trying to say? Yeah, what pitcher makes it easiest on his teammates? Yeah. Jacob DeGrom. Like high strikeout guys. Um, or we just don't care about the pit the, the AL pitcher goal. Yeah, honestly, if we're trying to trying so hard to change an award, that kind of is telling towards yeah, the future. Maybe just get rid of it. Yeah, we probably should. But before we wrap up here today. We have our brand new utility gold glove. It took way too long too long to get this. And I'm gonna start right now by saying this list is wrong. Let me guess you're gonna be mad that DJ LeMay who's on the list. No, I DJ LeMay who's the number one guy I want on it. And uh, frankly, okay. Nick, I'm going back to this Nikki Lopez take. <laughs> Hold on, wait, can I go through the other two guys yes. first? DJ LeMayhew. Whit Merrifield and Luis Renjifo of the Angels. I think I would go again. Where are you? Where, where's your thought process, Brandon? You know, watching DJ play the field is certainly interesting. Um, it's it's exciting. He had a positive outs above average at three different positions. I think that's um, super cool. Whit Merrifield had 
three outs above average at second base, one outs above average in center field, and one outs above average in right field when you're talking pure utility be, to be able to play infield and outfield, I think is pretty cool. Um, and then Renjifo, I mean, this is like the first time he's really played in his career. Um, played a lot of second base, but had a few third base and shortstop appearances for the Angels. Feels like he's kind of the outlier here. Yeah, I mean, that's that was my feeling too, is if I were trying to replace somebody and put Nicky Lopez in, because I, I, I want him here. I'm not going to make any quotes, excuses about that. He deserves to be here. Yeah. Be the guy uh, because they're basically the same player. They're Luis Ronjifo played 100 games at second base. I don't know how utility that that is, but whatever. And, and the other spots he went were third and short, so it's not like he's adding that extra outfield quality, but you're 100% right. At just being able to play the outfield makes you so much more valuable and so much more of a threat. So that's Whit Merrifield's case, but I have just feel like Whit or uh, DJ LeMahieu's so much stronger at at his variety and everywhere in his variety that it feels like it has to be him. All right, we'll do the NL tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Check us out Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at MLB Daily Pod. Of course, we've got Joe Musgrove on the mound tonight um, versus Ranger Suarez. Reaction to that and NL Gold Glove nominees tomorrow. Thanks for listening. We'll see you. See you manana. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. 